Optimal health for high performers. This is the Health Upgrade Podcast with Dr. Nawaz Habib. All right, I'm super excited. I have one of my amazing mentors here, uh, an amazing friend, Giovanni Marcico. Thank you so much for joining me today on our podcast. Thank you for having me. Really, really excited about talking to you about this uh, this topic and your journey and and basically the steps that you took to really take control of your health and how it translated not only into personal success, but business success and how you used uh, your health journey and, and your optimization of being able to show up on a daily basis to expand your network, to expand your business and to become super successful in my eyes. So I really right. want to uh, kind of go through that journey and, and we can start right at the beginning. I know your story, but I'd love for you to tell it from back in school and, and when you were labeled as gifted. And we <laughs> there. Okay. So it was fifth grade. And part of the story is that we moved. So I was born and grew up in part of Toronto. And then we moved to a suburb when I was in fourth grade. And then it was a whole new set of kids, new set of friends, or trying to make friends. And the area we moved to was a brand new subdivision. I was literally in, within three years, three different schools. And that meant new people all the time and trying to fit in. And in fifth grade, uh, they did IQ testing. Well, I guess it was a fourth grade. They did the IQ testing. I was labeled as gifted. So in fifth grade, I started going to a different school for gifted class. And I was, uh, it was a day and a half every week. On the second, like the half day during lunch, I would take a, a little bus back to the original school. And every single time I went back, I was made fun of, picked on, bullied for being too smart, which was really strange and painful. And I, I associated pain with the word gifted because it was the thing I was made fun of. And it was also because I was a new kid. So th there was always that challenge. And I, I learned to almost hate the word gifted until high school when I discovered comic books and fell in love with comic books. And again, I, I went to high school in the early 90s. So if you were into comic books, you were called or labeled a nerd or a geek, which back then were bad things. Now it's like the best. It's so cool to be a nerd and a geek like us. But again, so you almost had to hide the fact that you loved comic books, but I discovered things. I, I fell in love with the characters. And then I picked up an X-Men comic book for the first time I opened it on the first page I saw it said Xavier school for gifted youngsters and there was that word and it meant superpower and it, it was like a paradigm shift for even how I thought about myself and now the the word I hated meant something that I loved it meant superpower and back then I said when I grow up I want to lead a team of superheroes and it was almost not a joke but it was like you know how kids talk about funny things like that, but I, I was serious. And fast forward to today, and I lead a team of real life superheroes, which is like you, which is really cool. It's really, really awesome to see how you were able to shift that association with that word from something negative to something very positive, that the pain became a very positive association and, and really aspirational for you as well, that this is now what I want to be doing. Because I don't want anybody else who's ever labeled this way to feel the pain that I felt. And, and it often starts these, these journeys for entrepreneurs, for, for people that label themselves gifted or, or are stuck in that position often 
being labeled as being the, the smart kid or the, the geek or the nerd at, at school, we tend to be put into that silo of being like neg- negatively approached by, by those around us, where really, truly, what we're just trying to do is help those around us. And, and I'm, I'm so happy to hear how you were able to switch that uh, association in your head to a very positive role. And obviously, it translated into uh, where you are right now. So uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. I guess, fast forward a little bit into high school when you started doing some event promotion and uh, being kind of the the guy that everybody knew on uh, Z1035. I still remember (laughs) hearing some of those ads on the radio. Okay, so I was actually meditating on this idea this morning because, well, the story is in, in 10th grade, my friends and I started going to these things that happened back. I don't know if they still exist, but they were called all ages dance parties where teenagers would go either to a banquet hall or to a nightclub where there wasn't drinking. It was more about dancing and like a a nightclub for teens. And my best friend, Steve and I, or Steve and Paul, there were the three of us thought we can do this. We can do this ourselves. So when I was 16, we, I don't know how, but we rented an Italian banquet hall called Luna Ballroom, by the way, was our moonshot. And we produced an event, our first event. And the cool thing was, first of all, can I tell you a funny story? We, we hired a, a production, t- like an AV team for sound and lighting. And we showed up at around 4 p.m. to the venue and they were laying out all these tables, like Italian wedding or, or any kind of wedding, round circular tables. And like, Why are you putting all these tables? And, and they said, well, this is your first event, right? We were like, yeah. And said, well, you know, most times when we do a first event, uh, you, you kind of expect not a lot of people to show up. So we need to fill the space. And we actually got into a bit of a, a debate. We're like, trust us, we can't have tables. And in the middle of this heated argument, we looked outside and now it's like 5 p.m. And there was a lineup already. And they freaked out. They're like, what the heck? Because the, the, the event started at 8. And like, oh my God, clear the tables, clear the tips. So we, we had over a thousand people at our first event and we were 16 years old. And it was just kind of, grew from there. At one point, we were doing 5,000 people a week wow. uh, at our events. What, what I was thinking about this morning was that we, we ended that first event. I, I distinctly remember sitting on a crate, like a milk crate full of vinyl records. And I was sitting on it, talking to Steve, thinking, I can't believe we're doing a thing that we love to do. We would have totally done it for free and we're making money. To me, the money is the byproduct. And I feel like why this is important for health is because I think there are so many people stuck doing a thing that doesn't provide joy and meaning and fulfillment for them. Money is the objective. And I was there when I was doing real estate Yeah, because I, I, I made really good money and I was at the top of that game. And secretly, I was not only not fulfilled, I was miserable and I was depressed and anxious. And there was a disconnect, but I didn't understand it because for me, the, the objective was I need to pay bills, I need to make money. And then I got trapped in this place having a sort of reputation in an industry, but secretly not liking it. And I went back to when I was 16 thinking, imagine how healthier the world would be if we all found that level of fulfillment and joy. People complain about work as if work is a four-letter negative word. And to me, work is a beautiful, it's like, I get to do this because it's connected to what's aligned with me. And, and for me, part of 
becoming healthy in the, in the context that people think about physical health was becoming aligned with myself and, and uh, shifting the path so that the work I was doing was aligned. And literally that changed everything for me. It's so refreshing to hear it because so many people have this, this idea of health being just like you said, a very physical, um, you look healthy type of idea. And, and we're just looking at it from a visual perspective. We're just using that one sense where something that I do when I'm talking to my patients is I'm also trying to figure out what's going on in their lives in their job in their career. Are they happy in what they're doing? And that's a huge, right. huge component to feeling healthy, feeling inspired to go to work, which like you said, could be for some a bad thing, but really a very positive thing when you're doing what you love. So that that's really interesting because you've been able to see money both as a as a positive byproduct but also as the objective and I'd, I'd like to kind of dig into when you did get into the real estate area you said that money became the objective it was about paying the bills it was about making sure the family was taken care of it was about just making sure that financially you were handled but you weren't happy so why don't we dig into that a little bit yeah for sure and I know even right now there are a lot of people feeling tremendous stress because of the state of the world, maybe they've lost a job, maybe the economy has shifted and it's affected them, and or there's just a lot of worry and anxiety about the future because it seems unknown. And I feel like we all are taught that you need to, like even in programming for me, and what I was taught from parents, adults, teachers, even in high school was, get your degree in a specific thing that's safe because you're, you're going to get a good job and health benefits and all those kinds of things, even if you don't necessarily like the thing you're doing. And, you know, the, the, it's such a, a challenging place for people to be because you can also learn to love the thing you're doing. And, and part of that is focusing on personal growth, becoming a better version of yourself that shows up every day to these things. And that's how I treated the real estate. So one thing that, that really worked for me was, even though I wasn't aligned and I was anxious and depressed, I still said, whatever it takes, I have to be the best real estate person. And that skill set and that mindset allowed me to shift and start my Archangel company and, and grow to where it is now. So it was like using the thing I didn't like to do as training that I can bring into the new thing that I love to do. And if people could just pause and understand that everything they're doing is, it's based on what they've been taught maybe and what society says, but not maybe in alignment to their own personal or self-expression. And I think there are two things that we look at in awe. One is, is mastery. So whenever you see someone doing their thing that you know they've put in their 10,000 hours, like I, I, my example is if you've ever been to a Cirque du Soleil performance, watching the performers, whatever, you know, they're a clown or they're a juggler or they're trapeze and you're, you're in awe because they're doing these fantastical things. But it's also a sushi chef who's had 30 years of preparing sushi or it's someone doing some kind of craft or an artist. We are in awe of that because they've, they've put so much time into practicing their craft. The other thing we are in awe of is people showing up fully self-expressed, not wearing a mask, being themselves, 
living in alignment with their truth. And to me, there's, there's the health component of both of those things. Yeah. And part of my transformation was shifting into, and it's not like a light switch, by the way, it's more of a dial, but you're slowly twisting the dial of into who I truly am and self-expression and then becoming more of myself. Lying is so heavy. Yeah. And uh, sympathetic <laughs> and truth is light and shifts you back into parasympathetics. I'm using some of your language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when that whole thing happened, when, when, when actually when I quit real estate at the beginning of 2016 and went all in with my Archangel company, I also shed and released 70 pounds of body weight. And part of that was because I felt the joy again and I, I wasn't holding on. And I wasn't in that stress, high stress, uh, sympathetic place. And you can teach me more about this, but I don't think, I think it's very challenging if you want to, if someone wants to lose weight, to lose weight in a highly stressed state. I think you, almost, you need to get into that parasympathetic zone to make it easier. Yeah, absolutely. It, so many people approach the idea of weight loss or, or getting into a healthier state with a sense of, uh, or a desire for it to happen really quickly. There's a lack of patience. There's a lack of understanding as to like what caused it took so long. You can't just get rid of it immediately. And, and the patterns that led to you going there are emotional patterns that need to be re-patterned out. You need to change those patterns. And oftentimes if you're doing that too quickly, you're pushing yourself into that sympathetic fight or flight stressed state. And it, it actually is counterintuitive because so many people will do it quickly and then actually rebound and, and relapse and go even further down into a more unhealthy pattern, into a more unhealthy position. Let me ask you a question, Doc, <laughs> because I think there's a, a big correlation between people who use, I need to make more money as a goal to, I need to lose weight as a goal. Yeah. Because the path to both of those things if, if those are the primary objectives i think that's part of the challenge in and of itself yeah and if you shift for me for example for the weight loss if you shift from i need to lose weight to i want to have amazing daily habits and i want to change my lifestyle and i want to take better care of myself or whatever that might be the weight loss can become a byproduct of that choice, not the primary objective. And it's the same with money, I think. And this is often a challenging thing for people to understand because they feel like, yeah, but I need to pay the bills or yeah, but I'm unhealthy or whatever the, the language might be. And I found for myself that taking energy out of having to think about what to do actually helps me more productive in my work and more healthy in my life and all these things, right? So, so the, the adoption of more of a daily routine and daily habits that set me up for these kinds of things has kept me healthy and helped me grow the company at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a great way to kind of think about it. But it, it every time I have a patient that signs up for an audit session with me, a health upgrade audit session, one of the questions that they answer on the intake form is what professional or personal goals do you have? And the intention behind that question, I'm, I'm asking this from the position of a functional medicine doctor as I'm, I'm approaching your health, but I'm asking you about personal and professional goals. And the reason for that is we don't want to make it about 
whether it's weight loss, whether it's autoimmune pain, chronic issues that you've been experiencing, we want to make it about something positive, aspirational. What do you want to be able to experience on a daily basis that's positive, that's exciting, something that you want to be able to do? Do you want to be able to run after your kids or your grandkids? Do you want to be able to show up at your job and be able to do whatever it is that you need to do? Or do you really want to grow your business? And and the only way to really do that is to be able to show up effectively. Do you have a personal goal of doubling your income over the next three years? How are you going to do that if you're not completely focused or completely energized and able to show up? And the weight is a byproduct. The, the chronic pain is a byproduct. It's a secondary thing. And so when we not when we're not focused directly on the goal of just weight loss it's weight loss because of i want to be able to achieve something positive aspirational and when people approach it with that mindset the success rate is so much higher because they truly have clarity as to why they want to do it what they want to be able to experience on a daily basis what energy level they want to show up with so that's a perfect way to put it because even in your situation you saw when money was a positive byproduct, but it was the aspiration of being able to bring people together, be able to have a positive all ages dance where everybody could show up. It was an amazing possibility with Archangel, same idea. You want to be able to help businesses grow, help entrepreneurs get to the point where they can continue to expand their personal growth and their, their ability externally. But the money is a byproduct right? And it's, it's a reason for you to be able to go and do more rather than it being, like you said, the outcome or that, that, that measuring stick, that yardstick that we then will use. And if we do that, it tends to be a very negative association. And so the same idea with weight loss or with, with an income. Yeah, I love that. That is completely just perfect. <laughs> so let's go back into your journey a little bit. You, you talked about you lost 70 pounds. It was uh, a huge positive in, in your business. It was a huge flip in, in turning that dial up. What was the trigger? What was that, that initial moment that said, something's not right here. I need to do something positive. Was there like a light bulb moment? Okay. So it started with, in 2014, we did our first Archangel event and Archangel at the time was more of a side thing to my real estate business. And we, we did more events and more events. And then by the beginning of 2016, the, the analogy I've given is that it felt like real estate was being in a very bad marriage of convenience and Archangel was meeting my soulmate. And the distinction and the, the, or the difference between the two or the contrast was so big, it was actually becoming painful to the point where I knew I had to do something. And it, it was afterwards, it felt like an easy decision, but it wasn't. It was, uh, there was some courage and bravery in saying, you know what, I'm, I'm stopping the thing that's bring, bringing in income to pursue the thing that I know in my heart will, will help a lot of people. And that's where it came from. I didn't feel like I was helping people in real estate. So I, I was in a very specific niche, which was helping pre-construction condo investors make investments. Yeah. So I was helping people with money, make more money, which is awesome, but it didn't align with, with me and Archangel did. And at the same time I had met 
my now fiance, Dr. Stephanie, who I know you're, the two of you love to geek out on <laughs> all things nerdy and science. <laughs> and she started teaching me a lot around health optimization, how the brain works. She, she loves all things brain. And I, I started changing my routine, my daily routine. I was also lucky that I had a condo downtown Toronto that I used as an office. And right within a two minute walk from my condo was this new restaurant that opened up in Toronto called Impact Kitchen, which is still my favorite restaurant. Big plug to Josh, who now I think there's four or five of them. And I went there every day. I ate there at least twice a day, sometimes four times a day. And I used it as a workspace. So I changed my habits to eating clean, getting rid of processed foods and sugars and a lot more fat and healthy proteins and, you know, the, and doing that. But the, to me, the more important thing was I didn't think. I didn't have to think of it because part of the challenge for a lot of people is the stress of what do we eat? And sometimes you might be there for an hour. And I've done this too, uh, but how many, how, how many people have sat on, let's say Uber Eats on their phone or on their computer scrolling, like, what do I feel like eating? And you're literally investing and in draining so much energy into that one thought. If you actually proactively pre-planned things like food or things like what you're going to wear or what you're going to do so that you don't have to think about it, you can actually take that battery power in your brain and invest it in higher level thinking for your work, for your career, for your business, for anything you're doing. And the outcome is amazing. And you, then you save and conserve energy. Like here's another thing that used to happen to me. I used to wake up, let's say at seven, and then by 7.30, have to take a nap. That's how bad, this is pre-health transformation. And then by two or three, again, I was completely burnt and I had to rest again. And my energy, and because I was having sugary things or, or bread or whatever at, at lunch, and then the, yeah, the, that cycle, which I know a lot of people know. And I also, I was telling Stephanie yesterday, I had this memory of going up the stairs in my parents' house and being winded. At the top of the stairs, I couldn't breathe. Like that's where I was back then. And changing all of the routines and all the habits so that I focused my energy on dreaming and on strategy and on the things like staying in my zone of genius in my work changed everything. Yeah, it's so funny. Our stories are very parallel in terms of like, we were noticing that there were some energy issues, there were some decision issues. When I made my decisions, and, and we both know about the idea of decision fatigue and how much energy we put into the decisions that we make on a daily basis. If we're sitting there scrolling Uber Eats, we're literally deciding to waste that hour. We're literally losing the, the smart, focused attention that our prefrontal cortex is putting which it takes a lot of energy to make a good decision. And we're sitting there scrolling, trying to make a bad decision. So I love the idea of meal prep being, or, or having the decision completely taken out of your hands and not having to think about it and having it available. And kudos to you for, for making the, the decision to commit to uh, something routine. That was super easy, by the way. Impact Kitchen's Keto Burger is the best burger <laughs> I've ever had in my life. <laughs> That decision is huge. And now we're, we're in an age where people are understanding this a lot more that, that it's the availability is there so much more than it was at that time. You were lucky enough to have Impact Kitchen really close by to you. Now we have these idea of like meal delivery services. Right. 
like Athlete's Kitchen or these amazing prepped foods that are available that are grass fed, no processed. Like you can choose the exact type of stuff and it can literally be sitting in your fridge and you can pull it out, especially if you're working from home. There's literally no reason to think about that decision. Grab what you want out of the fridge and warm it up and you're good to go. So kudos to you for doing that prior to all, all these new companies coming out. But the convenience factor of eating healthy and taking that decision out of your life is actually now significantly improved. We're actually able to do that a lot better. And the current state of the world has actually given everyone an excuse to do that. I think there's people who are using things like social distancing and whatever as an excuse. And, and there's like stress and fear around that. So, so they may be not eating the most aligned foods for themselves. I think, you know, there are meal delivery. We, we, we use True Local, uh, yeah. which is an amazing home delivery for grass-fed meats, if you're into meat. And we're also now going back to a couple of companies for vegetable delivery and grocery delivery that exists. And there's also prepped meal delivery. You know, and, and people may think, well, it's more expensive. It's actually technically not. Like since, since we worked more with entrepreneurs, how much is your time worth? If you, if you actually did the math and figured out based on revenue coming in and, and worked it down to an hourly rate, like your, your time might be worth $100 an hour, $500 an hour, $1,000 an hour. So you are paying yourself $500 an hour to go to the grocery store. That hour could be used towards revenue generation, could be used towards strategy, things that actually help you bring more revenue in, right? So you can now pay for the better foods coming to your home. So to me, it's not more expensive. It's actually you're saving because yeah. your time is worth way more than that. Unless you're like me and I'm a little weird. I actually like, to me, going to a grocery store is, is a meditation. Mm -hmm. I like doing it, but I don't have to do it. We also get stuff delivered. Yeah. And again, very parallel. I do use True Local here as well. I absolutely love it. My Every month I get my big box of steaks and meats and stuff that I'm super excited about. And it's, it's ready, it's easy, but we also will combine it with the occasional grocery store trip, which obviously has reduced the amount of time that we're going to the grocery store, the amount of money that we're spending. And even the temptation of being in the grocery store and seeing things that are like, oh, you know, that might be nice. That's been reduced significantly. And so it just creates this environment of only healthy choices available in the house because you're making smarter decisions one time per month when you go online to pluck, like decide what exactly what you want to have for that month, rather than the like going in the evening and your decision fatigue so significant at that point that you're going to go and make some bad decisions and maybe make some terrible purchases at the grocery store. So yeah, I absolutely love that. We talked about food and, and you kind of mentioned it already, but I, I know that was a big part of your journey in getting rid of the processed foods, the sugars. What were the positives that you noticed from that not just in, in the weight loss itself, we know that that was a byproduct. What were the daily changes or what did you notice on, on a daily basis that you were able to do as you were going through that journey and as you've eliminated some of that extra weight? Well, first, something profound happened specifically with food because I used to love the taste of things with sugar in it, like bread and or cereal or whatever, cake. and there was a, a physical transformation that happened that when I, when I detoxed, I guess if that's the right word, from that kind of food, 
the other stuff that I didn't like as much tasted 10,000 times better. Like vegetables and fruits actually taste incredible. And I think the, and you may know that, well, you'll know the science better than me, but the, the sugar I was ingesting was changing my taste buds Yeah, to where I almost couldn't taste the flavors. And, and now the stuff that other people might think, ill vegetables, they taste incredible. Yeah. I, I'm also lucky that Stephanie loves cooking. And again, she's not going to cook bad things but she'll make like i used to like hate kale yeah and she makes the best kale chips i i'm addicted to them which is weird for me to say that, yeah. right cauliflower the way she made all these cool things that i would never eat before now and 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 our kids too but our kids eat what we eat totally my, my son michael who's now 15 uh pre stephanie his only meal or uh, his only food choices were anything beige or gold. <laughs> it was like bread, chicken nuggets, French fries, pasta, right? And, and the only thing that was an off color was Nutella. That was, that was a different color. <laughs> now he eats everything we eat. Yeah. Which is amazing to me for that kind of transformation. Yeah. Having the healthy whole foods prepped in, in a very positive way, in a very loving way. And, and, actually being able to taste the flavor of that food makes such a difference because you realize how crappy the other stuff really does taste. You like you go back to it once in a while and you're like, what the heck is this? What, why am I eating this crappy like McDonald's burger? Or why am I having these, these terrible choices? This like, it, it just is overly sweet. It's overly flavorful for the reason of boosting your dopamine and trying to get you uh, motivated, but it's it's a short burst of sugar and dopamine rush, but it doesn't taste good when you actually learn how to taste whole food. So that's a really big piece of the puzzle, and I'm glad that was uh, a, a big part of your journey because now, yeah, kale chips, when done correctly, taste amazing. <laughs> and I'm not a huge kale fan myself, but I totally totally get that. And then you said that uh, the tastes and the flavors of these amazing foods actually became more positive. Did you notice any other changes as well in terms of like energy levels and oh, being totally. able to show up through the day? I am completely energized until 6 or 7 p.m. Yeah. And then my body's just naturally winding down and I go to bed at around 9, 9.30 now, which is earlier than I used to. I used to stay up until 11 or 12, uh, watching TV, all that kind of stuff. We don't do that. We don't watch TV. No electronics past like 7 or 8 p.m. latest or, or blue screens or blue light and focusing on better sleep yeah. actually creates better days the next day and the cool thing is I, I haven't used an alarm clock in years my body we, we've gotten into that circadian sort of rhythm where every day sometime between 5 30 and 6 I just naturally wake up we, we actually prefer waking up with sunlight uh, yeah. if possible which is my favorite but with all these time zone or uh, what do you call it like the daylight savings and stuff yeah. so it's, it's a challenge but we we're just so used to it now and then we have our our morning rituals where we don't look this, this we actually talked about this this morning we have proactive mornings and what i mean by that is we don't check email we don't check social media because th that's very reactive it's someone trying to get your attention yeah. or people or things trying to get your attention so we'll exercise we'll meditate, journal, read a bit, talk, dream a bit, get things ready. And then we get into the work. So I, in mornings, I'll do some writing. Mm -hmm. 
it's work-related things, but I, I don't have apps open. I don't have email open. I don't have access to those things. I and I feel, I, I feel like by 9 a.m. I've already, my day's good. Yeah. And you've accomplished so much because you actually put attention to the things that were coming out of your sleep. And it's it's really interesting to me how many people forget that your act, your morning actually begins the night before. It begins when you go to sleep. It begins with what you do in the evening. And I'm I'm guilty of it myself, binging Game of Thrones or doing whatever. It does happen from time to time. But if you make the conscious effort to wind down as the sun goes down, you'll naturally wind up as the sun comes up and you'll be able to kind of be in this circadian positive rhythm, working with the way that the universe is working and being males. We know about this. Dr. Stephanie talks a lot about this that males, our hormones are very solar. They go with the sun. So we rise with the sun. Our testosterone rises first thing in the morning. We're very conscious. We're very aware. And being able to then focus that energy, focus that attention in the morning into productive work, that morning routine, that productive, proactive morning is such a positive tool. It really helps to draw, a like your attention is so sacred, right? It's, it's what are you as a human being that's only here for a limited amount of time with a limited amount of attention, what are you paying attention to? And if it's not yourself and you're giving that attention away to somebody, it's not a healthy way to start your day. And if you're doing that every single day, you're giving up that attention so quickly, you're setting yourself up for an unhealthy day, an unhealthy morning, a full unhealthy habit and and emotional structure that comes from that. So I, I absolutely love the idea of a proactive morning. There's a thing I like to teach because you just mentioned attention, that there are currencies that can be more valuable than money. And the clue is anytime we use the word pay in a phrase. So you just said pay attention. Yeah. Attention is a currency and you are either spending it, wasting it or investing it just like you would money. So if you think of it like a bank account, it may change the paradigm around how you think about your attention. And same with respect, pay respect, pay a compliment, right? So anytime you use the word pay, think of it as a currency, and then how can you invest that currency? And there can be an ROI on these currencies. And and there likely is a greater one if you're investing it in the right places, if you're investing it in yourself. I, I love that. It, it's such a simple tool and how important language is really does come in. I know you and I are both big time language geeks, word geeks. Yes. So that, that like pay attention, paying respect, right? Respecting yourself and and paying attention to what you want, what you are experiencing, what your body is telling you. That's another really important one. What are you paying attention to your symptoms? Are your energy levels dropping in the middle of the day? Is your digestion not feeling so hot and you've got some issues in your gut or, or whatever that you're just ignoring? Or are there some challenges like on the skin showing up? These are all things that we need to pay attention to. And when we don't give our body that attention, when we don't give our physical manifestation that attention, we're more likely to go down this negative path of forgetting about these symptoms until they become something very negative. And that's when we have to unfortunately go into a conventional medical system that doesn't exactly look at health care, but rather sick care and focus on eliminating the sickness and looking at these markers that aren't exactly focused on optimizing your function, but making sure that you just don't die right away. It's, it's such an important thing. And so paying attention 
really is kind of for me this this huge all-encompassing factor and and not just in health not just in business what what are you spending your time paying attention to and and recentering yourself and journaling i imagine a lot of health stuff or you know uh, my sore back you're paying attention to these things and you're understanding why and when you understand why you get an objective truthful assessment of what's happening and you can make a change to it yeah i feel like i'm paraphrasing a quote i saw recently but if if you don't pay attention to your wellness you're going to be forced to pay attention to your illness it makes so much sense that's it's so clear let's let's focus more on any other people that you've noticed so you've you've built out quite the network over the last 6 7 years uh doing everything through archangel and creating a network of of amazing personal growth and development and health entrepreneurs people that have really been able to up their game and get to the next level are there any amazing people out there people that kind of stick out as having had significant success because they were able to take control of their health or or had a health journey that led them to uh, a very positive business outcome I have to well we've mentioned her already but I have to mm-hmm. shout out Dr. Stephanie Stima who has been a mentor mm-hmm. to me and she's had her own journey and if you follow her she she'll talk a lot about it she's a role model for me in terms of my own health journey yeah I, I just had an idea pop up and I want to share it because I think it's so important that doesn't get talked about a lot but the the idea of the fact that healing happens in community mm-hmm. and right now we are so isolated and we've been taught for the whole year to socially distance and be alone essentially and loneliness has been an epidemic before this pandemic now it's 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 exponentially worse yeah and my friend jason gainer says that the word the phrase self made is so bullshit because we're all community made and you don't grow as an entrepreneur alone you grow in community you grow with your team and to me healing is the same thing you don't heal alone and if if someone is listening to this right now or watching us and you feel isolated and alone i think step 1 is finding a like-minded like-hearted community where you feel safe and it's in that safety that the growth happens one of our company's core values is on safety and belonging and to find people like us who care about mission and meaning and contribution as the goal and the money is the awesome byproduct where we are all aligned in our beliefs and our values so that we have the safety to show up and and express like they're maintaining privacy but you you are in our our synergy group and there've been calls when people show up sometimes even crying and needing the outlet and the safety of of talking about struggles and we also have the safety of talking about wins and celebrations that can sometimes be challenging to do publicly Yeah. and we are all connected and aligned and it allows us to grow not only our companies but also ourselves as individuals and i think that there is such an amazing connection between healing and growth and community but it has to be a an aligned community of people like you so if you're listening or watching us whoever you feel you are self expressed find more people like you my analogy is imagine you you fly to mars and there's martians there's actual aliens on mars and there's a whole society of martians you are the only human on mars 
how are you going to feel? Like very isolated, alone, different. You may try to fit into the aliens, but you're a human. And then after three years, you spot another human. How are you going to feel? Even if you don't know the person, even if they're from a different country, you don't even speak the same language, you don't care. You're going to hug the person. You're going to connect. And it's, it's that feeling that we create in, in the work we do in all of our communities and memberships. And I think it's, that, it's in that connection to community that allows growth to happen and allows healing to happen. And part of my own journey is that I, I built the community that I wished existed. And that allowed me to heal. So back in 2016, when, when I went through my physical transformation, I had the safety of, of the Archangel community, even the one that I was leading. It was my safe space to be myself because the people in the real estate world were like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> no, they, they couldn't understand. I was talking about things to them that was alien and weird because I wasn't talking about return on investments and money. I was talking about mission and change and impact. Yeah. And they all thought I was crazy. And I am crazy, but that's not the, I, I, I needed to be around other people like me where I, I felt safe to talk about these things. And it allowed me to self-express and drop all the crap off of me, the lies and the pretending to be that person with the wearing, the, like I haven't worn a tie. I used to be forced to wear a tie at, at, at my brokerage. It's like, why am I doing this? That's not me. And that's okay. I'll, I, I'll wear a tie to look awesome of for course. an event, but not for work. And at your wedding next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it, it really does link to community is there's, there's no question about it. Being in a safe space, being in a space where you can really show up as yourself, not wearing these proverbial masks, not, not holding on to the guilt and the shame and the negativity of being an outsider or somebody different. You're able to show up as yourself. I've experienced that significantly just becoming a part of the Archangel community and throughout my transformation into, an, uh, into a successful entrepreneur, the importance of having a safe space and a safe community has been just vital for my personal growth. And as an extension of me, the business to be able to grow as well, right? Our businesses, our companies are an extension of who we are, of what we truly believe, especially the most successful companies are really those that are driven by a mission that, that that person and that business have aligned together and they're, they're creating that positive drive forward. So for us to be able to align uh, health in a safe space and being able to, to shed some of that emotional baggage and that emotional stress really does then translate into physical changes and, and improvements in our overall energy and our ability to show up, et cetera, et cetera. So it really is a community is absolutely a huge component of this. And I know we have lots of examples within the Archangel community and in other communities that, that other people may belong to where health transformations occur because that safe space is available. Right. So thank you for that. And I, I really do want to thank you so much for joining me today. I think this conversation is just epic. I feel like we could go on for hours and hours, but I want to make sure I respect your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing. And congratulations on the amazing success of the Dreamer documentary. It's been just epic. I absolutely loved watching it. I, I loved being able to connect with some of those people on, on the amazing events that you put together. And so thank you for, for showing up. Thank you for transforming yourself, for being the person that you are. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. If people are interested in joining or learning more about the Archangel community, you can message me directly through 
the podcast, just podcast at healthupgraded.com. And I imagine they can also go to your Instagram to learn more about what you do, Giovanni Marsico 126 And uh, you'll learn the relevance of 126 if you ever listen to some of Gio's amazing stories. I, I love it. Anything else? Any last words from you? Anyone who's listened to this conversation, what I want you to do is pick one thing we've talked about, do the thing, and then post on, let's say, Instagram, the result of it, and then tag both of us. What I crave and what brings me fulfillment is seeing someone take advice from someone, implementing it, and then following up and reporting on it. So that would be my thing to leave you with. I love it. And, and from this amazing conversation, you have so many choices out there to choose from. Take some action. Let's, let's start transforming your life with one small, simple step and let's measure what those changes are. And yes, absolutely. Please tag us, share this information with people that need it as well. Uh, share this episode with anybody who you know could use this information and understanding how their health and transforming their health is very much aligned with them being able to grow in their overall health and their, in their overall life and their business as well. All right. Thank you so much, Gio. Absolutely love this conversation. And thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.